is an episode of Attack of the Minisodes, and yes, it's me, it's Paul, I'm back, I'm alive, nothing happened. Uh, yeah, I've just been busy with work, haven't been able to get on um, episodes, uh, and uh, also the YouTube thing, we're supposed to be on YouTube, I've had a lot of personal things happen where I haven't been able or haven't been willing to work on the, the channel but uh, and upload things, but that is all rec uh, recompense, what am I trying to say, it's all gone now, we're good to go channel on youtube is going to be back up to uploading frequently until we catch up and of course doing it weekly uh but what's going on so tonight we're going to talk about a few things i want to talk uh dune king and black star wars visions uh, and then witcher season two star ocean the last mercy last hope star ocean like that whatever the new one's called and little devil inside uh and that's that's going to be my focus on this i'm going to go a little fast here so if you need to slow it down tough shit no i'm just messing um i just it's 11:45 at night i have to re-record this uh <laughs> well let me roll with it we're gonna have some fun so first off i want to talk dune dune was phenomenal unfortunately it is not a standalone movie but it is a standalone movie like as a standalone movie it leaves so much to be desired that it needs a sequel and that's kind of a problem but at the same time, it's a saving grace because it leaves hype for more of, like, if this didn't make enough money to greenlight the sequel, which they have greenlit, um, would have probably created enough demand from fans to sign petitions and get it done. You know what I mean? Or get a, a HBO series or something. Uh, Denis Villeneuve, I believe I've said his name correctly. Probably not. Uh, crafted Frank Herbert's world as perfect as anybody can get i mean it it hits on everything everybody is classified and, and feels how the books should feel it's it's like one of the most one-to-one -one book adaptations to, to book to screen adaptations i've ever seen and i uh i was blown away man the special effects look so good like the cgi you can normally tell when it's cgi you know but this movie, I don't know what it was. Maybe it was just the CGI we're getting is now better. Maybe it's with the color grading and the nice little haze that they put in like most of the shots. Maybe it was practical effects. I don't know. But damn, if it just isn't a pretty picture to look at and the color grading really sells that this is like a movie for grown-ups, but kids can watch it because it's PG-13. It, the Everything about it, God, I just, I can't, I'm gushing over it. Everything about it, especially Hans Zimmer's score, man. This guy delivered uh better than he normally does I, mean, I know like sometimes his music is like the greatest thing ever other times it's kind of like my god man it doesn't have to be loud here this movie is flawlessly composed i mean when it's loud you have like you've seen it in the trailer that oh, yeah! track like plays in the movie at the perfect times and it really sets up just this almost biblical proportion epic that dune is right and it, it just it was it was a phenomenal picture i gave it an 8.5 to my friends because it doesn't really stand on its own but it's a like for a non-standalone movie it is damn good it just needs that sequel but the good thing is the sequel's been greenlit and uh, another cool thing is where this movie is all set up it is very slow the new villain has said that uh 
which column since he's done the setup and we just have to do a little bit more setup uh like 95 percent of the next movie or whatever is going to be uh I, maybe it's not 95 percent, maybe 85 i can't remember what he said exactly in the interview i saw but it's um it, it's going to be mostly the action and the war that takes place and my god guys it, it's a movie to go see in theaters it is meant for the big screen big sound you're supposed to be in that moment so i know covid's a thing uh, still, but if you guys can find a safe way to do it or you're comfortable enough, please go out. And if you have to watch it at home, man, get it on the biggest screen you can. Get that room to be as dark as possible. Blast it on your speakers or turn your TV all the way up. Just enjoy the hell out of it because it's a movie that, <clears throat> excuse me, I think deserves to be seen, deserves to be heard, and just is an epic piece of cinema, uh, much akin to Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. And, uh, and even Avengers Endgame. I think this movie, too, with the second part, I have all full confidence in the director when he releases it, um, is going to go down as one of the best movies in cinema history. And that's that's not me trying to overhype it. Trust me, I'm not overhyping it at all. It just, it's a very damn good movie. I strongly recommend it and get excited for that sequel, man. We just gotta wait two years. Uh, but next, we'll go ahead and talk King and Black Run. I didn't want to read this for a long time because I thought Venom going back to New York was a very bad thing. You guys know past episodes. I'm very passionate about Flash Thompson as Venom and, and Venom as the Space Knight and the possibility of Cosmic Marvel. Luckily, that is still here and better than I could have imagined. And actually, I like it better now than what Venom Space Knight could have been. So, Ivan Coelho and... Okay, so we'll start before the Donny Cates run. So, Venom's back in New York goes to flash thompson who starts out as his angry self but then you get hit with oh my god he's an actual character he's not just this angry guy and yeah they've like characterized him in the past too true but this time you know it feels very grounded it feels very much like okay i actually want to read this character he's a flawed dude but i want to i want to root for him in a way and i can't remember the guy's name that wrote uh, wrote the arc before donny cates but he really takes it where it needs to go and pays respect to the things that have come before and uh which call him introduces flash as the anti-venom and then of course you have the death later but then you get to the king of black arc with donny cates and it pays so much respect to flash thompson and even acknowledges him as the best venom but you're with eddie brock and eddie brock is my guy now man he's i would argue my favorite superhero favorite character in comics right now because he is the comeback king and that shows all the way through this he keeps coming back and coming back and you know there's something to be said about that like when life beats you down you should always fight and fight and fight and keep going because you never know what's around the corner in the moment it sucks but if you can push you can find redemption and, and eddie brock embodies that uh so beautifully and donny cates with how he writes these characters that are like i guess even more obscure marvel characters and gives everyone heart and 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 uh passion and really hits on the beautiful like cosmic first that is marble it's phenomenal man like the king in black uh goes to the point where eddie brock becomes the god of light and has the captain marvel energy whatever that's called the, the cosmic man i can't remember what it's called but and he is worthy of thor's hammer he takes thor's hammer and the silver surfers uh which is uh, the uh surfboard which turns into a sword he fuses them together, makes a battle axe, and fights Null, who, by the way, is so powerful, he kills Hyperion, who is this universe's Superman. And it is one of the greatest redemption arcs I've seen in a story. Pays homage to everybody. Revised Flash Thompson in a way that was not typical comic book cheesy. He's got a little bit of the cheese factor, but it's treated very seriously with care. And, dude, I just... 
Donny Cates is my guy. I this guy understands what makes cosmic I guess cosmicology of Marvel so beautiful. He understands his broken characters better than anyone I've seen in a long time, but much, uh, I would say on the same level as uh, James Tinney in the fourth with his uh, Detective Comics run that I praise all the time. And I, I was blown away. And if you go through the Venom uh, run by Donny Cates, you have Ryan Stegman and Ivan Coelho as the two artists. And then Ryan Stegman did all of, excuse me, The King in Black, while Ivan Coelho did the Venom comics uh, during that arc. Uh, the two guys capture Venom so well. You have a Mark Bagley run in there too. Mark Bagley, it's Mark Bagley, man. He, he nails it. But uh, what's called? You, you have the lead up to it. You have the absolute carnage. You have one of the best carnage arcs I've seen. Just this like despair of like, oh my god, it's carnage, and then it, it turns into you know, just this fucking amazing end that sends off into the into the new dawn. Right, where we're on our way to the King in Black. Um, but you have these two artists that really understand not only the cosmic side of Marvel, but also the bleak darkness that surrounds Venom and Eddie Brock as a character and, and everyone around him. And everything they do, with whoever did their coloring for their uh, respective runs and everything, just, you know, in film you hear every frame a painting. <clears throat> yeah, every, every comic panel in this is a painting, even the, like, smaller ones where they just, like, not rushed it, but, you know, did a smaller drawing with less detail because that's what the shot or panel dictated. Everything about it is it, phenomenal. I cannot recommend it enough. I thank you, Amani and Andre, for getting on me to read that. Uh, you know, that was uh, one of the best things I've run into. And side thing we're going to talk about here real quick, Malazan finished book three. I don't know if I said that on the last episode. I did not. That's right. Uh, phenomenal absolutely phenomenal it comes to a close feels like a nice end to the first books as if they're a trilogy then you go into book four and there's more you get to see more of what you missed there's a new character introduced he actually is doing something different with the first third of this book where it's just focused on that one character and i'm at a point where i'm so confident i'm going to be reading just the series that i've actually taken like a week and a half break from reading malazan which i know sounds like sacrilege but it's because i read 180 pages in two days and I had to, had to stop. I was like, all right, I need to, I got to focus on other things, focus on myself a little bit, but, uh, cannot, cannot recommend Malazan enough. I'm not going to go into whole Malazan rant, just, it's epic. It's epic, it's epic. And when you get to House of Chains, you get introduced to Carson Orlong, who is a Teblor, or a, uh, I think, yeah, I think you got the, I got the race right, but it's, uh, they're, they're like nine foot tall fucking giant men that, like, are bloodthirsty and very hard to kill and fight with blood wood, which is, like, wood that's like I, I don't know but it's it's fucking dope is what it is and he he is a very important character to the series I can't spoil anything because I accidentally looked ahead but he's very dope dude but uh, Malazan always going to throw that in there so let's go ahead and move on Star Wars Visions if you haven't watched it is a collaborative between um, really just the Star Wars IP and uh, several different uh, anime studios and you know the the creators or the uh, the guys at Lucasfilm and Disney were like, hey, make an episode, one episode, one story, make it how you want, and gave them creative freedom. And every everything I've watched pays homage and perfect, wonderful respect to what Star Wars is, while also doing so to the very best of what anime can be, and it's just phenomenal. Like the Studio Trigger episode stands out as it breaks all the rules of Star Wars. It oftentimes doesn't make any fucking sense, but it's Studio Trigger. It's just a a, a visual spectacle to behold and is just so cool to watch and then you have uh 
what's it, the episode where it's like they duel this old man who has like little, uh, uh, what are they called? The the blades that uh, Raphael uses in um, TMNT. You know, the, not Kukri, but those little daggers. It's like this little, like, dwarf ninja man that's blind, that is Sith, and he fights this badass Sith. We'll call him a samurai. And it is, oh god. But nothing beats the first episode, which is a black and white ode to Kurosawa films and Japanese samurai films in Star Wars. You know how, like, everybody, and myself included, has had that dream of seeing, uh, you know, Star Wars with samurai armor and old, like, you know, feudal Japan shit? Yeah, that, this is that. Like, it, oh my god, it is, it's beautiful. It's black and white, it's got a film grain on it, and it's done with CGI anime, which I normally hate. But this one, it's, it's perfect. Everything about it is perfect, and they do, I don't want to spoil it, I would love for anybody listening to this to go and watch the series, um, and, and enjoy that first episode. There's some really cool things there that, a lot of it is what fans have wanted to see for a long time, and I, I found myself, I came home from work, I was tired, my cousin was like, sit down, watch this, I think you're gonna enjoy it, and I was like, what is it? He goes, Star Wars Visions, just watch it. And I was on the edge of my seat with some of these episodes, going like, oh, dude, you know, and just... In it, man. I was a kid again, screaming at Star Wars, and it was it was beautiful. And I really hope they turn some of these into actual series, on uh, on uh, on Disney Plus, because I I truly think like with the new trilogy, the first one was good because it was like essentially a new hope. It was a good reset, you know, for new fans and old fans alike. But man, it just lost its way. And then John Favre was like, well, why don't we just give people stories in the universe and make them, you know, happy with like seeing more of this world that they love so much. And we got the Mandalorian, we've got Ahsoka, we've got the Obi-Wan Kenobi show coming out. I mean, it's very cool shit. And seeing this with uh, anime or uh, uh, studios creating their own stories is, um, I mean, just absolutely, it, it was a must. It's, it's a must watch. So moving on, we'll talk The Witcher series i'll be honest i don't like it i don't like the first season i don't know if i'm gonna like the second season so that's the caveat here uh, i think the first season it was just paced weird it's like somebody dies in the first episode you're supposed to care about it and then three episodes later you find out why but it's like well i don't care about that at this point and then some of the other things in the show like i don't think yennefer like she's a great actress but she doesn't nail it like the uh can't remember her name, but the person that plays Yennefer in the in the games and Siri in the games, for that matter, too. They they nailed those characters. That's what I want to see. And then you watch the show, and Siri's like this brat. Like I know when she was a kid, she was a brat too, but she was a gung ho, headstrong, you know, little girl. Whereas in this, she kind of just strikes me as like worthless. I mean, I'm maybe I'm a jackass and I read it wrong, but God, Siri pissed me off that whole show. And really, the only saving graces was color grading, shots. Uh, monster designs, especially that, uh, the, the Striga in episode three or four. Oh my god, the scariest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. It was perfect, but, and then Henry Cavill, as well as not Dandelion, but the other guy. Um, they nailed it, like, they're the, the show, but it just feels, at times, like, this series was created, it's, it's almost like when David Lynch did the first Dune movie. It's a guy that doesn't appreciate or love sci-fi, but is doing the source material. You know, it just feels off. However, with that said, uh, season two looks pretty good based on the trailers. We get to see more of the Witcher action. We actually get to see, uh, I can't remember, what is his name? Uh, it's, it's Geralt's master. Ah, I'm drawing a blank. But anyways, you get to see him, and that guy looks perfect. Like, 
looks wise the show with season two it looks like they learned from any of their mistakes and they're pushing forwards and they're gonna make a damn good series so i can't say don't watch it i can't say i'm not excited for it i'm just saying i'm i'm uh optimistic to a certain extent but it looks great everything looks great it's, it's the witcher we want more witcher you know but uh moving on from that there's star ocean the the last mercy i think okay, I, I'm, I'm gonna be messing up that name this whole time or faith in mercy i can remember it looks really good i've been waiting on a triple a action-based jrpg for a minute particularly final fantasy 15 but you know excuse me not 15 16 but we're not there yet you know that's okay it's okay we're gonna get there eventually we're trucking along but uh star ocean looks dope it looks like uh you know just like that that larger than life fantasy sci-fi that only square enix can deliver or rather only a japanese developer and storyteller can deliver because let's be honest they they nailed that look so well uh the gameplay looks smooth i noticed the frame rate dipping in there sometimes and that was ps5 footage maybe it was ps4 i don't know but that's cause for concern but again they can they patch that and make it run better i don't know but it looks like a dope ass jrpg i i really think you know if you guys are you know you need to scratch that itch look that up comes out next year uh look that up and I, I will say this too there's not much to be said for these things i watched the trailers uh a lot of it this time i didn't know what to say didn't have much to say or didn't quite know what it was and then amani was like hey do an attack in the minisode and i was like uh you know what i'll give it a go and have some fun so if it ever seems like i'm lacking information what i mean by go check it out is a i don't really know what i'm looking at or i don't have too much of an opinion but b go check it out fuck it you know what do you got to lose but uh moving on from there we've got no mercy let me look it up on my phone i got the docket right here it's uh i'm not gonna do that my bad guys um where is it? death verse let it die that's it yeah i don't know what that was that's i guess an online fighter but it is Japanese, it is balls to the wall, it is Mad Max meets uh, Squid Games, in a way, meets, um, I, I don't know how you'd explain it, maybe Mad World? Yeah, like Mad World or the whatever the sequel was called. But it's like, you have this like heavy set dude that's like, welcome to the game, and he's the announcer, and then some made anime chick that, I don't, I don't know what her purpose was, just to sing and dance, you know, but... Then you dropped on the battlefield, you make your own weapons, and you fight other players or characters, whatever. I don't know if it's single player or multiplayer. I, I don't know, but looks interesting. Check it out. I mean, it's it looks like one of those games that you've had a bad day at work. Come home, unplug, break things, fight things, big flashy, boom, bada, bing, boom, pow, Japanese action. You know, there's that right there is a simple saying, but that, that sums it up. That's, you know, anybody that wants like crazy over the top action, go play a Japanese video game. I promise you they're going to deliver every single time even when they miss it's a hit even when like square enix back to the star ocean thing even when they miss it's a hit star ocean 5 i've heard even though it's repetitive it's still a hit star ocean i'm not a big fan of the series because i don't really i haven't played any but yeah, it looks great but then uh moving on we've got little devil inside i'm gonna be honest if anyone knows what this is i'm sorry if i fed you i'm not trying to but we've got an inventory system with i guess I don't know if it was crafting, but you've got inventory management. You've got side-scrolling. Then you've got forward-walking, so 3D space. Then you've got side-scrolling action. But then you've got forward-looking action. 
but then you've got butlers that follow your character around, who's a dude with a dope-ass sword, and all of it in an almost claymation, but it's not claymation, it's 3D animation. Uh, cute look, and it's very British. That sums up what I got. I didn't know what the hell was going on. It's just, you're dropped in this world, you're going on an adventure, have fun. And you know what? Honestly, I love the simplicity. I think that the art direction and everything about it, just that very British tone, I guess, it's, it's, it's great. It looks like a fun time with your friends, even though it's all, I think, text-based, and your friends are these butlers, it looked like, but it looked unique, and there's robots that have, like, red flowing energy, and, like, a tentacle monster. I, I don't know what I looked at, but it looked remarkable, and it looked like a very good-looking little indie game uh, to put on your radar. If you're looking for something different, you're looking for... You know, something just to, to sit back and relax, I would argue, because I don't know how difficult it's going to be, right? Um, yeah, go check it out. Little Devil Inside. Uh, besides that, let me see. I wrote my notes and I lost my notes. Uh, that was it. Uh, th to list the docket, we have uh, Nagataro Season 2, uh, Returnal 2.0 Update, Wraith the Oblivion, Lightyear, uh, Little Devil Inside, King of Fighters 15, Dolores, First Class Trouble, Cart Rider Drift, Death First, Let It Die, We Are OFK, Star Ocean, The Divine Force, Bug Snacks, The Isle of Big Snacks, MOU, Revelation Season 2, and The Witcher Season 2. And I'm gonna be honest, I don't know what half this shit is. I didn't look into it because I was like, I like clicked on it and was like, ah, maybe not that. Or I was like, ah, just not feeling it because I'm doing this at like now 12.05 at night. But... You know, I chose what I could and talked about things and hope you guys had a good time. I guess this will be a shorter attack of the minisode, but uh, I did want to say uh, as well, thank you guys for always supporting us. Thank you for watching and listening and whatever you've got for paper play action. Like I said, the YouTube channel is going to be back up and running. Uh, what's it called? We've got, you know, the attack of the minisodes. There's an interview I did with my buddy Andre from work, who's a YouTuber. Uh, you can check him out at uh, Dre Songs on YouTube. He's a very big... Uh, he, excuse me, he's very big into uh, Saints Row, and I hope that he's very big one day. It'd be dope. I uh, got an interview with him coming out uh, soon. I got to finish editing it or do a re-record with him because we had some audio issues. But, um, you know, thank you guys for the support, uh, as always, and I hope that you enjoyed. And, you know, just I hope you guys continue to be entertained and support us. We try to, you know, make sure everybody's doing all right. And I know we talk about mental health sometimes and go into that. Probably only happens when me and Andre are on there. But sincerely, guys, I, I hope everybody's doing well. And much like Eddie Brock, the comeback king, no matter what is happening, just keep pushing forwards. If you're religious, you know, keep your faith. Trust God. He'll guide you there. If you're not, keep whatever keeps you strong. And remember that at the end of the day, no matter what, you keep pushing forwards. And uh, you never know what life can bring you if you just learn to embrace peace and to just keep going on, you know, especially in trying times like this with COVID. Uh, yeah, so I hope this episode was something to entertain you guys. Hope you had a good time. Just got a text from Imani. Uh, <laughs> probably said, hey, where's the episode? It's almost there, man. But uh, yeah, thank you guys for tuning in so much. And uh, yeah, have a good one.